Connected Consumer. Hi, I'm Chris White, and I'm the host of the Parks Associates podcast, The Connected Consumer. This podcast is all about Parks Associates' data-driven market insights on emerging consumer technology products and services. Each episode features a member of our talented analyst team or industry leaders who are bringing new and innovative products to market. And today we have one of those. His name is Steve Hanna from Infineon. And in addition to being a distinguished engineer at Infineon Technologies, he's also the chair of the Connectivity Standard Alliance's Product Security Working Group. He's going to share his experience and draw on his extensive background in cybersecurity and IoT space, as well as sharing Infineon's role in helping smart homes become more secure. So I'd like to bring Steve in now and say hi, Steve. Please tell us a little bit more about your background and your role uh, with Infineon and the CSA. Well, thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been working on IoT cybersecurity for more than 20 years now, and uh, I've really seen things change. um, And it's a very exciting time to be working in this industry, uh, both at Infineon, where we're making great strides forward in IoT cybersecurity, and also in the standards group, Connectivity Standards Alliance, where the same is true as well. So for the audience that, that isn't as familiar with Infineon, could you, could you talk a little bit about what you guys do broadly and then zoom in a little bit about your sort of particular business unit or working group? Yes. So at Infineon, we're a semiconductor manufacturer. We have uh, decades of experience making secure uh, semiconductors, uh, the kind that you would find in your credit cards or passports or uh, PCs, uh, mobile phones, embedded systems, uh, really quite a wide variety of, uh, of microcontrollers and other uh, secure products. And uh, in the Connectivity Standards Alliance, uh, we, Infineon has played a leading role in advancing the state of the art of IoT cybersecurity. Right. So cybersecurity is, in a way, a buzzword, but is also a very important uh, feature of the of the IoT space. So I was hoping you could um, draw on your on your kind of experience and give us a little history lesson uh, based on your career in the space. What have you seen in terms of uh, IoT security trends? Include some war stories here for fun. That'd be great. So. If we scroll back 10 years ago, when the smart home was just getting started out, I think a lot of people had a very naive view of IoT. And they thought, you know, this is just going to be great. We're going to connect a bunch of things together and we're going to have smart homes and smart systems. And uh, what we learned pretty quickly, uh, or what they learned pretty quickly, was that there are bad guys out there. And those bad guys are going to take advantage of any chink in the armor, any opportunity to uh, undermine the security of the smart home. Uh, we saw in those early days a lot of uh, video cameras in the smart home being hacked, baby monitors being hacked, and uh, this got a lot of press coverage. And then in 2016, we saw the Mirai Botnet, where millions of uh, IoT devices that had been compromised were formed together into a swarm, uh, what's called a botnet of uh, zombie devices, and then used to attack different targets 
Um, and each uh, device might send just a single packet, but when you get millions of them simultaneously, they're able to take down a substantial website um, or other key internet service such as DNS servers. This got the attention of governments. And they said, look, we need to have security, not just for the protocols that are used to communicate between the devices, but also for the devices themselves. And okay. over the last few years, we have seen a lot of developments in both of those areas. So now you mentioned that that um, the consumer space uh, was very naive in terms of what this smart home, home automation, IoT world was going to be like in terms of security. Um, where would you say people are now after there's been years of these news stories and there's different types of services available now to kind of protect your your home ecosystem. Um, can you talk a little about your, from your perspective, where the consumer base is right now? It's like night and day. Uh, consumers who 10 years ago were very naive about IoT cybersecurity. Now we're very aware of it, very concerned with it. And in fact, uh, most consumers say that security is an important or very important part of their purchase decision when they're looking to buy an IoT device, 84% in a recent survey. So I would say consumer awareness is much, much higher than it was in the past. And that's why we're seeing a real response uh, from manufacturers and from government to address this key concern of consumers Manufacturers have been boosting the level of capability of their devices, and uh, governments have been stepping forward with baseline regulations and standards for what's needed in terms of IoT cybersecurity. Okay, so to some extent, this is happening passively from a consumer perspective, right? So you mentioned government is, is stepping in and making sure, and then the OEMs are operating on their own. But in terms of what the consumer can do, can you talk a little bit about what um, what options are available for consumers in terms of choosing secure versus less secure services that might help them, things like that? Certainly. So if we look at those two aspects of IoT cybersecurity, uh, one is communication security or protocol security, and the other is product security. I like to use the metaphor that this is like trying to build a secure banking system. We need to have secure communications for the money, and we also need to have secure places to store the money, like bank branches. Mm -hmm. In the IoT, the analogy is we want to have our private data secure. So we need to have secure communications protocols so that the private data, like that video camera feed that I was talking about, can be securely communicated. And then we need to have security built into the devices themselves so that the data is secure in those devices. So what consumers should be looking for in this area is for communication security, they might wanna look for the matter standard and to see whether the matter standard is supported in the device that they're looking at. Matter is a new smart home standard was developed by the CSA, the Connectivity Standards Alliance, and introduced about a year ago. It's widely supported. And uh, if you check up, you can find uh, pages uh, on 
uh, with lists of products that support that matter standard. If you select one of those products, you know that it's getting state-of-the-art security for the communications between that device and other devices or the cloud. And then the other aspect of this is security of the devices themselves. And here's where governments are coming into play and introducing new labels, what they call trust marks. Uh, hmm. The US has one, Singapore has one, uh, Europe is going to be adding these requirements and the UK as well. And these trust marks, it's a very new development now, um, are uh, coming to pass and becoming available. I expect that we're going to see a good deal of educational uh, in activity there where governments reach out to consumers and educate them about these new trust marks that they can look for to know, oh, this product has actually been tested, say a webcam right. or a door lock. You would want to look for that mark. Uh, when you're making your purchasing decision to know that it has a reasonable level of cybersecurity built into the device itself. Okay, so you raised a couple of different marks, like physically marks that people are, should be looking for in packaging. So I know, I know Matter has the three little triangles um, that people should be looking for. But beyond that, I don't have a deep, deep understanding of how the tech works. So it would be helpful if you brought us up to speed with that and also talked about how Infineon technology is involved in that. Happy to do so. Great. That's one of my favorite topics. I spent three years of my life uh, building strong security into the matter standards. And uh, we have 10 substantial security features included in matter that were not present in the smart home. Uh, clearly, I won't have time to cover all of those today but I'll touch on just a few of them. Every Matter device comes with a unique identity in the form of a public-private key pair and a certificate. What this means is that when you go to bring a Matter device into your home, uh, you uh, have, can have confidence that that Matter device is authentic and not counterfeit. It's a big issue when we buy things online. We don't know whether we're getting the real McCoy or whether we're getting a a counterfeit instead. And right. this provides that ability to know that you're getting an authentic certified matter device. And on top of that, all the communications, all the messages that take place over the matter protocol are always secured. So encrypted, authenticated, integrity protected, replay protected, all that sort of stuff using uh, commercial grade cryptography, which hasn't always been the case. And then I think the last thing I would mention there is that Matter includes out of the box a secure method for updating the firmware, the software, if you will, uh, built into that device. And that's very important. You and I know that we're always getting firmware updates on our mobile phones. Right. The same thing needs to be true for your IoT device. And the reason why is because, well, Nobody can build perfect software. And so there are always vulnerabilities being found and new updates being pushed out. And you want to get those on your IoT device automatically installed so you don't have to be walking around your house and plugging in USB drives and trying to upgrade your light bulbs. That just doesn't work. So, right. so automating that is really important from a consumer perspective. Infineon 
not only was involved in designing this security, but also is making sure that in our products, the chips that we provide to our customers, that those same capabilities, secure communications, uh, unique identity, and secure firmware update are supported. So it makes it easy for our customers to build that secure door lock, secure light bulb, or whatever it is they're building. They don't have to start from scratch. They can take those capabilities built into our device and pre-integrated with Matter and know that that's going to be easy for them to build that uh, that product that they're trying to build. Right. We like to talk about how any sort of savings of developer money or R&D money um, can be therefore redirected to consumer-focused things like features that people enjoy, innovation like that. So anytime there is advancements that make it easier for the manufacturers, people up the value chain, then the whole space kind of downstream can also benefit um, as you know new features will come to market faster and uh, advancements like that as well. So, um, so that's all really good news. Um, another piece of the matter initiative is this idea of interoperability. We haven't talked about that too much, but I, I wanted to check on it because that's something that's another major benefit, right, to the consumer. So people do care about privacy and security, and that's a feature, but also um, since Matter, the big sort of, mm, the sexier piece of it from a consumer standpoint maybe is this ability to work with other devices. So I wanted to give you a chance to kind of touch on that as well. Yes, yes. There were really four things that we built into matter, which we consider a key calling card, simplicity, reliability, interoperability, and security. And uh, if we talk about interoperability, this is a huge win from a consumer perspective, as well as from a device maker and even a retailer perspective. Um, Before matter, you had to go and look at each individual device and try to puzzle out, is that going to work with my favorite kind of phone? Um, Is that going to work with my smart speaker? Does it work with the particular vendor? And, you know, there were separate logos for each of those. With Matter, there's only a single Matter logo. You look for that and you know that it'll work with all of those things. Your smart speakers, your smart TV, your smartphone, because all of the major ecosystems have adopted Matter. So uh, it even has the ability to support multiple of these cloud-based systems at the same time in case, say, uh, one spouse prefers uh, one major cloud vendor and the other one prefers another, or maybe you have a smart speaker from a third, uh, they can all work together in that way. And uh, that's supported by having a single common standard, uh, which is the matter standard. In a way, it's sort of like the internet protocol, IP. Um, We don't worry so much anymore about our ability to uh, browse a website or send an email or make a phone call based on Oh, are you using, you know, a Mac or a PC? Because we know there are standards there that enable that interoperability. And we've sort of moved beyond those early days of uh, communications where we had to worry about those details. Now, we don't have to worry about that. And people can focus on creating new uh, applications, new uh, solutions that weren't possible before. Can you imagine ride sharing? without having a common protocol, a common way for all of these phones to work together? Would I have to make sure that the the driver had the same kind of phone as I do? It just wouldn't be practical. I think we're going to see 
similar levels of innovation and creativity in developing new services on top of smart home now that we have a common standard for things like how do I control those bulbs and those thermostats and monitor those motion sensors? Right. Absolutely. It's uh, it's sort of like moving moving into a new phase in terms of the home automation, all the devices working together and having the ability to tap into the expertise in other across brands, right? So the, as you mentioned, a lot of us have home, home uh, smart homes kind of Frankenstein together. <laughs> and it's because a lot of times we were happy with two products you know, in two different categories that lived in an ecosystem. And then when it time for the third one came in, said, well, you know what? That smart lock is ugly. My wife won't let me put it on the door. So now I'm, now I'm introducing a new ecosystem and I'm just going to live with it. Uh, and so the, the ability to have additional choice and really choose things based on their merit on like a more consumer centric level, as opposed to being worried about functionality on a deeper level is, is going to be really attractive and beneficial to consumers. So that's the reason why we're, we talk about matter so much and why you were willing to do so much work on this is that it's obviously very promising, right? Absolutely. It's a huge sea change in the industry and it helps retailers not have to stock different flavors of uh, the same bulb. And it helps uh, manufacturers not have to make different versions of their product to work right. with different ecosystems. So just one that works with all of those. We have to get to a similar thing in terms of product security certification. And that's, I'm very excited about that uh, as well. Okay. So, so yeah, so you mentioned um, the trust mark and how the government was involved. So let's, so let's talk about that piece as well. Could you tell us more about um, what the process is, is like going on in terms of those being developed and what it's going to take for OEMs to get their stuff certified? Yes. Uh, so this is what I've been working on the last year. Um, so we see already many different governments all around the world. We count more than 55 in a recent uh, analyst survey created by uh, the uh, Connectivity Standards Alliance. More than 55 different governments working on cyber trust marks. They call them different things, but it's effectively the same thing. Now, uh, it's great that we have their attention, I suppose, um, but it could be quite a headache for everyone concerned, for the consumer who has to figure out what's the difference between these 55 different marks and different programs, and for the product manufacturer who then has to worry, do I have to get my product certified for security 55 different times? Imagine right. how much time and money would have to go into that. You're talking about you know, a million dollars maybe just going into certifications. And as you said earlier, we really want that money going into making the product better, making it more secure, more featureful, more inexpensive, more e uh, timely. That's where the money should be spent. And That's so right. in CSA, we are creating a, a product security certification, which is designed to bring together the requirements from all of those different national marks, they're pretty similar. Things like secure communications and uh, secure key storage and unique identity, bring them all together into one test regime and to say, if a product is tested against the CSA's product security certification program, 
and it's validated by an independent third party, then it should be considered acceptable for all of these different government marks. Uh, that's where we're heading for. Um, it'll be a one-stop shop for product manufacturers to test once and then have their product certified in all those different jurisdictions. So you mentioned you've been working on this for a year. Talk, talk about a little bit about the progress and status here. So how many well, of the 55 have you got? What, how, how many more are left? Well, some of the 55 haven't really decided what they need in terms of certifications and, and, and requirements. Uh, but so far, we've got three major ones that we're focused on. Uh, one is the U.S. You probably saw the announcement from the U.S. Uh, White House and then a big announcement over the summer for what they're calling the U.S. Cyber Trust Mark. This is based on a standard from NIST, the U.S. National Institute for Standards and Technologies. And that standard for consumer IoT cybersecurity was developed over the last five years in consultation with a lot of different parties, industry and consumer advocates, security experts. And so by taking the requirements from that standard, and now this will be put into this new U.S. Cyber Trust Mark program overseen by the Federal Communications Commission. Um, this will give, at least within the U.S., a common baseline of what the requirements are. And that's one of the things that we're making absolutely certain our CSA product security certification takes on board and encompasses. And the other two are Singapore which, to be honest, was a, one of the very first countries to come out with a cybersecurity certification. Oh, okay. And also a European standard called ETSI EN303645, rather uh, alphabet <laughs> soup of numbers and letters. But the yeah. important thing to know about that is that it's widely adopted across much of the world. So even Singapore started with that and added a few other things. But uh, if you look at other countries around the world, you see a lot of alignment on that same set of requirements. So by bringing those three together, at least in the first version of our product security certification, that gives us a really solid base of requirements and of national and regional uh, governments that should be able to accept uh, our certification and grant their mark to those certified products. That's good to hear that um, kind of a favorable report because I see the cynic in me sees any, anytime the government's doing something with regards to technology, the concern is that it's five years too slow or that they've chosen a particular perspective of a single player. So the fact that you are speaking favorably of, uh, of, uh, of the U.S. cyber truck mark is, is good. That's a, a comfort for me. I didn't, I didn't um, have much background on it other than just kind of knowing it existed. So um, thank you for sharing all that. Um, so also, so we didn't necessarily touch on Infineon's place. So you're, so you're involved in the decision-making, but how do how the, how's the tech, the Infineon um, hardware kind of involved there as well? Well, Infineon, as I mentioned earlier, we have a variety of different products that support uh, the matter standards and also are being certified under the product security certification. Uh, if you go to our sites, uh, www.infineon.com slash matter. Uh, 
and www.infineon.com security, you'll be able to see information about those products, including our Matter Development Kit and uh, our uh, specific security products uh, that are designed to uh, provide easy integration for Matter compatible and product security certified uh, devices for our consumers and our customers as well. That's great. Well, that's exciting that that you are working on this important uh, task of of helping us all have secure smart homes um, and also working with with larger groups. Um, The CSA is certainly doing a lot of important work right now. So I appreciate everyone who's devoting their time to working with that organization. Um, And I appreciate you for taking the time here. Um, that I feel like that was a that was a great way to go out directing people to the website. Go learn more about everything we talked about here today. Uh, also, please keep an eye out for more episodes. We have um, additional episodes coming up with more Infineon folk talking about uh, work that they're doing. So um, we're not going to have Steve back just yet, but we have more superstars from from uh, his larger team that are going to come on and talk. And we also will be covering other topics. Uh, as I mentioned, this podcast covers all the connected home and services piece. So everyone, please like and subscribe on the services that you're using. Uh, look me up on Twitter uh, at CY's Insights. Follow Parks Associates on LinkedIn. And you can find all sorts of good information there with regards to the research that we do. And more content from the interactions that we have with super smart industry folks like Steve. So thank you so much, Steve, for being here. Thank you for taking the time and thank you listeners.